Welcome to Middle School Matters Podcast number 563, opening the glory box and AMLE 22. We got a long form show for you this week. We've got jokes, lots of good stuff for your classroom. And we're also going to talk about uh, what AMLE 22 was like this year. So without further ado, here's the wonderful, the magnanimous, the Mr. Troy Patterson. Play. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Welcome back to the show. I am Troy Patterson and with me is the world's greatest co-show host, Mr. Sean McGurk. Hey, Sean. Well, hello there. How are you? I'm good. It's been a couple weeks since we've done this, and it feels like forever. There's a lot that's happened. (laughs) There's a lot that's been going on. So we're going to get to some of that. Ooh, there's pop. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I look forward to it. You have to remember to talk to the microphone, though. (laughs) Well. Well, hello, microphone. It's been a couple weeks. Got to remember to talk toward the microphone. So, is that like don't go into the light, but do talk into the microphone? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Don't go into the light. Don't go to the light, but talk into the microphone. (laughs) It's only been two weeks, but like I said, it feels like it's been longer than that. So, you know, and um, you've gone to a conference, and we've had some. Major things kind of happening across the interwebs that we're going to kind of talk about today. So, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I also want to let you know that I do believe in karma. You do. I do. That's why I feed like birds, pieces of bread and and slices of salami to stray cats. You know, whatever you give out will come back to you one day. And I'm hoping to for an Italian sandwich. I was thinking maybe a charcuterie board there. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I like sandwiches. I like Italian sandwiches. Sandwiches are good. Yeah. I haven't really found a really, really good Italian sandwich like here yet. I mean, I found some good ones, but not. Alcamo's in Dearborn is closing. No. No, I can't go to Alcamo's anymore because <laughs> it would be one heck of a road trip. But it's closing. They had great Italian sandwiches. They did. Yeah. And they're closing. Oh, my word. I didn't know they were. That means that means that Ganella's is now the undisputed champion once they close. Oh, I like Ganella's, too. Um, all right. Anyway, did you ever wonder why the public address is so loud in the supermarket? No. Because they make their money on volume. Oh, sure. Oh, sure, they do. <laughs> nothing, like a, uh, nothing like a grocery store joke to get things going. Because kids right. love grocery store jokes. <laughs> kids don't love grocery store jokes. But kids would love the next one. Where does yeah. a pirate get a new hook? Or where does a pirate get a new hook? At the... Second hand store. Uh, 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 uh. You know, my friend John beat his addiction to chocolate, marshmallows, and nuts. He did? Yeah, but it was quite the rocky road. Oh, sure, sure. And finally, what did we call Captain Hook before his hand got bitten off? Probably Captain Hook, and that his name. <laughs> Well, it wouldn't have been before 
Oh, oh, Captain Joe. You know, I mean, it could have been Bob for all we know. Oh, true. That's true. Bob the Builder, Bob the Pirate. (laughs) Bob the Pirate. (laughs) Somehow I don't think that's it. Well, there was the Dread Pirate, Bob. Uh, I mean, Roberts. Oh, that's cool. Right? Cool. You know? So, hey, us being off for a couple of weeks (laughs) means... (laughs) <laughs> apparently there's no answer to that question folks. <laughs> there's no answer there's no answer no but being off the last couple of weeks means that people also missed the middle school science minute that's true mm-hmm. and so this week um you know dave is getting a little spacey really yeah this one's um you know, all about, uh, and this one, I think the kids are going to, the kids are really going to like this one as well, because this one is all about antennas and radio spectrum, but this Ooh. is about, as you know, an astronomer. So here, without further ado, is the wonderful Mr. Dave Bidlowski in the Middle School Science Minute. Hi, this is Dave Bidlowski of K12science.net. And this is your K-12 Science Podcast. I was recently reading the September-October 2022 issue of The Science Teacher, a publication of the National Science Teaching Association. And I read the section, Career of the Month, written by Luba Vangelova. And in this issue, she focused in on a particular astronomer. Astronomers study objects that are outside of the Earth's realm, such as stars, planets, comets, and galaxies. Chris Carilli is an astronomer at the National Radio Astronomy Observatory, which operates the National Science Foundation's Carl G. Jansky Very Large Array in Socorro, New Mexico. The VLA is a conglomeration of large radio antennas arranged in miles-long Y formation, which together function like one large telescope. Corelli studies the birth and formation of massive galaxies and cosmic reionization by analyzing the very low frequency light waves emitted by all celestial matter. And he shared some of his career highlights and he said that his career highlights center on discovery. Those moments when you see something in your data that no one has seen before and whose physical importance you understand. Or when you've found the answer to a difficult problem that maybe no one has ever solved. This usually happens when he was swimming in the morning. One interesting result was the first discovery of molecular gas in the very early universe, 800 million years after the Big Bang. This was a big jump from the previous most distant detection and showed that heavy elements and molecules can form very early in the universe and fuel galaxy formation. He said he always wanted to be an astrophysicist for as long as he could remember. He didn't think he could do anything else. A major influence for him was watching Star Trek when he was young. He wanted to be Spock. After high school, he went to university and studied physics and astronomy. He then continued on to graduate school. He transferred to MIT's radio group from the University of Chicago because he went to a talk about the Very Large Array, 
which had just opened, and he decided that his career goal would be to figure out how it worked. Aside from some postdoctoral positions right after graduate school, he's worked primarily for the past 30 plus years with the very large array. In terms of knowledge, skills, and training required for being an astronomer, he said, you need to have a solid grasp of mathematics, basic physics, and computing. If your interests be in radio astronomy, you also need to know some radio engineering. He's a big fan of gaining basic knowledge. Those are the building blocks of everything else. The details of a specific field can always be learned on the job. The real goal of advanced education is to learn how to learn and to get the skills needed to advance in a career. A PhD is required for physicists and astronomers who apply for these scientific staff positions and also for university professors. Postdoctoral fellowships are also the norm if you want to go down an academic route. For engineers, a master's degree may be adequate depending on the position. Right now, the discovery of exoplanets and the search for life outside of the Earth is probably the most interesting thing that he is doing. If and when we do discover extraterrestrial life, he reckons there will be a sea change in the field. And his advice for students? It's a competitive field, so gain as many marketable skills as you can. College internships can help with that. They can also give you a different perspective than coursework. But don't expect astronomy to be all romance. Don't expect discovery and knowledge to come easily. And don't get discouraged. The job is up to 110% perspiration. Also, don't look down on jobs in industry. There's a lot of fascinating work being done across industries, from computing to manufacturing and everything in between. The work emphasis may be a bit different, but the research can be just as challenging and rewarding. And this has been your K-12 Science Podcast. Learning how they have all that set up and... Oh, I thought that was cool. It was cool. Mm -hmm. So we've been off for a couple of weeks, and one of the reasons that we were off is because you... Yeah, it's my fault. The world's greatest kosher host headed off to a conference. I did. And this was a big conference. It, it was. Yeah. Not yeah. nearly as big as the first one I went to in Philadelphia with NMSA, but it was big. Yeah. There so I guess. Some folks there. Yeah. I mean, how was it as was the conference? Because this was, first of all, this was the AMLE conference, right? The Association of right. Middle Level Educators. Yep. Previously known as NMSA. Uh, National Middle School Association, but now it's the AMLE. Um, as they went for more diversification and not so much focused on just the United States, but opening up international options as well. Right. Um, so, but this is this was this is kind of like the middle school conference. So. Um, and was it, where was it this year? Well, um, it was in sunny, beautiful with flowers, still on the plants and leaves on the tree, Orlando, Florida. All right. 
And what was the experience like? Was there, was well, it as it large as it was? Kind of compared to other conferences, the other AML, because you've been to AMLE before as yes. well. So how would you compare this year's AMLE to previous year's AMLEs? Uh, it's a lot smaller than the ones I've been to before. The focus is more on relationships and uh, SEL than it is on a lot of pedagogy. Um, it was it was really good for building relationships. I, I've talked more and networked more with teachers and um, professionals at this conference than I have at any other AMLE conference. This has been wow. Uh, for that respect, it was it was very very good. Cool. I just four there are four curriculum uh, professors at Georgia Southern University who are um, wonderful folks, and I would have not have had a chance to have met all four, you know, English, uh, math, science, and social studies uh, curriculum professors from Georgia Southern. I had a great conversation with them. I would not have, and I it started through the, uh, the conference at Puba. It also didn't hurt that they were presenting at the same time I was. Um, and so we had a chance to talk then beforehand. And then afterwards, when they saw my presentation, they're like, oh, you know, one of them said, my husband's been trying to get me to do this for years. And now I see what he's talking about. And so we, we, you know, we had a great conversation about uh, how she could use it with her, her kids, even at the, at the college level. Um, I had a chance to meet Katie Powell, who works for AMLE. And um, once you meet her, it's interesting because I have her books and I start looking at her books. And I'm like, yeah, 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 okay. And then I had a chance to meet her and I got the chance to talk with her and understand how she thinks. And now I'm going back to the books going, oh, this makes more sense. Now, why that happened, hmm. I don't know, but, hmm. but it did. And so I went to one of her sessions on the uh, implementing the uh, schools of distinction program at your school and what kinds of things are offered and what does the assessment piece look like and it is interesting um it's also interesting that amle is doing a schools of distinction program and the national forums schools to watch program has a schools to watch program right mm -hmm. one would say hmm, wait a minute here is amle duplicating and according to katie they are not duplicating the national schools to watch program they're supplementing it with more specific targeted middle level programs that national forum doesn't do or doesn't include. Um, and so I'm interested in pursuing that angle a little more to see what the differences are because they don't seem to be in conflict with each other, but I will say this. I didn't see the national forums booth at AMLE this year. could have been there. I just didn't see it, but I, I don't, don't recall seeing that. Um, so I do think on one scale, one, one, one facet or one in one area of thought, yes, they are competitors. And in another, it's, they're thinking, well, no, we, we look at, we cross over in some areas, but we look at other things in other areas. And so I'm curious as to the, the differences and distinctions between the two programs, but and, and neither how does... easy to do. How does that relate to the National Blue Ribbon Schools program? That's a federal program. Uh, right. It doesn't really have anything 
middle school specific about it is what I'm told. I know I have not looked into that, so I don't know, but that's okay. the, when I, it, so I had a chance to talk with Susie Hiley from Indiana. She's the Indiana middle level associations, uh, middle level education associations, executive director, cause Shirley Wright retired. And it was great. I spent a couple hours talking with, uh, um, Susie and Todd Block and Katie Powell jumped in and out of the conversation a couple of times. And uh, we had a really good discussion as to the state of associations, middle school associations around the country and what's going on. And um, it's fascinating to see where everybody is. And now there are some that are absolutely thriving, like Ohio is going gangbusters. Uh, Pennsylvania brought a huge delegation and brought most of their board and um, did a whole number of presentations and they brought university kids and they did presentations and they got them a chance to be influencers and show off what uh, wonderful things they're learning in middle-level education at universities in Pennsylvania and then there's crickets from most of the rest of the country. I didn't see Texas there. I didn't see, and that doesn't mean there wasn't there. It's just, I didn't see anybody from Texas. I don't think Cecil Floyd is uh, traveling much anymore. Um, I didn't see uh, North Carolina there, but I know North Carolina has been trying to, uh, to, to make things a, a go of it. Um, and I get uh, information from them. Um, I didn't see Virginia there. Uh, I don't normally see Virginia there anyway, so that wasn't a big uh, thing. Um, who else did I not see? I didn't see Illinois. Doesn't mean they weren't there. I just didn't see them. Um, and that's it. And and there, then there's, there, you know, I saw one person uh, from Michigan. And then I, it's interesting, I saw a person, I sat down at lunch with next to a random person who used to be a regional coordinator for the Michigan uh, Association of Middle School Educators. And I had an interesting conversation with him about, well, so what do you think about doing it again? He goes, no, I'm too late in my career. I wouldn't do it again. I wouldn't go back. So well, what about finding somebody from your building to maybe, you know, take your place? And he thought about it. I was like, oh, maybe, you know, maybe that's something I ought to do. And I think uh, a lot of associations are not bringing up people behind them to fill their spots when they rotate off the board. And that's where we're seeing a number of issues with uh, state boards. This is just, again, my one humble perspective. I don't see everything. And this is based on just, you know, two or three conversations I had over the, the space of the conference. But I think what we do need is to get, there are people who have served and, and, and they've done their, their duty. And it's time to find new folks to jump in and we need professors and we need principals uh, to join educators and teachers to, uh, to sit on boards because everybody has different connections and everybody provides different, uh, abilities and, and applies different skills that things that these boards need and have holds holes in them, I think. And so, uh, and one of the big things I got from the unconference side of things, just the com conversational side of things yeah. is the importance and the need for, for so many people to, to get involved. And that's interesting to me because I'm wondering in part, if people aren't using some of the online connections to replace those um, organizational groups, right? Well, like, you... like your PLN used to be that you were part of <clears throat> your statewide middle school group or you were part of, 
your language arts collaborative across the state. And I'm wondering if people aren't substituting their online experiences as part of that. I don't know. I'd say, I'd say yes. And I'd say those, those bonds are very tenuous. Yeah. For example, uh, Todd mentioned that uh, hashtag MS chat was uh, on hiatus on Twitter for the foreseeable future. And while he and I were standing there talking, someone came up, young lady came up and uh, saw Todd and introduced herself. And it's the first time that the two had ever met in person, but they knew each other very well from, from mm -hmm. hashtag MS uh, chat on Twitter. Right. And she begged and pleaded with him to restart it, to get it going. Where did it go? I missed my Thursday night meetings. Um, you know, where, where, when is it coming back? And he had to say, I, you know, I, I got, I got kids now and I got, I got family that needs me and totally get it. Right. And he's been running it for how long for, you know, 10, 15 years, uh, less than that, about, about 12, 12 years, I guess, 10, 10 to 12 years. And, um, he's put a lot of, uh, work into it and, um, and it has been work. Don't, 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 don't think right. it's not right. And, uh, and he's tried to have others come in and do it. I know uh, he's had Drew Tomlin come in and host some. AMLE's hosted some. He's had folks. Uh, so he's trying to share the burden out. But it's also, he hasn't done it in a little while. It's been on hiatus. And and while he's got those connections individually, it doesn't look like it's much been picked up by other folks as well. So, And he said that was the first person that's come up to him and talked to him about not having MS chat and in however long time. So I think maybe the bonds are an ad hoc. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then as soon as the, it, it's, it's, it's not there, it's like oobleck, right? When the stress is there, then things firm up. But when the stress is not there, it just turns into that little pile of cornstarch, right? Right. Um, and I think maybe that's one way to look at it. That's just, again, my, your, your humble conference goers uh, opinion. And, but that's interesting, and that's you know one of the things that I'm always I'm always looking at trends and what's going on, what's happening, and how do we meet people's needs, and how do we meet people's needs? How do we meet teachers' needs and teachers' desire to learn and the need for teachers to continue to learn? Because um, we did go to. The you know the middle school went to the statewide middle school association. The whole middle school, every teacher went, yeah, to the conference, and it was interesting listening to the feedback from that. And then I wonder, you know, and I'm 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 still learning like the ins and outs of what are people connected to and what are they doing and how are they doing it and that kind of thing. So um, just trying to pay attention to how it is we can provide that and how we can provide those connections and links um, and what is it that people need and what is it that's really going to help students um, as well. So, you know, that, that part's uh, always kind of fun. So one of the fun things with conferences these days is what app are they using? <laughs> like, what is the experience like? Because there's a whole bunch of them out there now. And, <clears throat> you know, some of them have different things. 
Some of them have social networking built in. Some of them have ways to um, register for a session or and that. And so I'm wondering what what was your what was the experience like for the digital app? Well, uh, AMLE is one of those who switches their app all the time. Right? They're going <laughs> for because their first year they did it uh, and I used it. It was like the the second year they did it. It was like, oh, my word, this is so incredibly awesome. Mm-hmm. And I loved it. And then they never used that one again. And things were not that great. So uh, when I when I got the uh, email saying, and this is our app this year, I thought, OK, and it's a new one. What is it? What what? What are we in for? What what kind of landmines am I got to watch out for? So they're they're using a uh, an app called Hoova, W H O V A, Hoova. I think it's like Hoover, but you know Hoova. And I'm told that that's the right way to say it. I couldn't tell you. It's an interesting app. I think that they've taken the app experience to a different level. Um, for example. They uh, started doing a point system and a leaderboard, and they've got uh, uh, a, a communication piece where you can post meetups, you can post chats, you can post groups. Want to form an ad hoc group? And I'm thinking, huh, Twitter, right? You can form a, a temporary conference group. And I say temporary because once the conference is over, you're not going back to the app because you get kicked out after three, six months or whatever. Um, and so you get points for doing all these things, but you get points for actually talking to people and posting on other people's boards and replying. Okay. And they started off with, you know, the generic, if you were an animal, what animal would you be and why? Or right, questions like that. And so you get a points right away for answering that one. As soon as you log into the thing and the next thing you know, you're answering other people's and you're having conversations and meeting uh, people that, you know, have similar interests and you identify what your interests are. And then it goes through and it will sort out people that have the same interests and they'll say, Hey, you know, you ought to go over and say hi to these people because they have an interest in podcasting, just like you, or they have an interest in assessment, just like you do, or they have, an, you know, whatever you mark down as, as your interests. And so I had a chance to do that. And there were a number of people that had the same interests of me that I've seen the names before, but I've never said hi to. And uh, so I did. I had a chance to say hi and have a little conversation online with them, on the app with them. And um, a couple I saw in real life and got a chance to meet and talk with. And uh, they're interesting folks. Um, it did stuff like that and started awarding points. Now, you know, it's, uh, I, and, and I'm not good at scoring. I'm not good at games like this. And even I scored, I got as high as fifth place at one point, just doing stuff like this. And I had fun with it. It was good. Now, once the conference got rolling and I got into the conference and not really so much into the app, I, you know, I got killed on points. I think I ended up being 28th or 29th, but even so 28 or 29th out of what, five, 6,000 people. That's still pretty awesome. That's respectable. I was going to say, I think you're better at this game, this digital point thing than like I am. So probably a sheep is what I am. Mm-hmm. Um, so I noticed one other thing. Uh, there's a whole psychology behind this Hoover app and it was fun just to watch them use and they're not, they don't even hide it. Right. 
we're going to use psychology on you. And it was fun watching them use psychology on me to get me to do what they really want me to do. And a lot of this also then goes back to the uh, conference organizers and they can report back and say, here's what you're, here's what the people who attended your conference are interested in. Now, why don't you do some things in your, in your, whatever you do geared towards these interests. And so it's a wonderful way for these organizations to get feedback. And, you know, we've talked about in the past, like ISTE, they bring a theme and then everybody comes and they're like, yeah, it's very, that's nice. And they pat ISTE on the head and then they turn around and go, but let's talk about this. <laughs> but, we, right? but, but we want to talk about, right. yeah. Well, this is a great way to reverse it. And for the conference organizers to say, all right, here's a the theme. And then they listen in. And what everybody goes, yeah, 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 that's nice. But we want to talk about this. And the conference organizers then have a chance to say, oh, that's what everybody's talking about. Mm -hmm. Well, what could we do? What could we do to support folks who are, are saying that this is the thing they need to talk about because this is the need that they're seeing in their schools or in their whatever they do. It doesn't have to be a school um, conference. And so NCSS is doing the same thing, but they've changed it up and they've added, it looks like they've purchased a few extra little modules. And, um, but they've got a couple other engagement features in there that I'm going to play with over the next few weeks because I'm going to go to the NCSS conference uh, here in three weeks, two or three weeks, not long. And um, by the way, there, there won't be a show. <laughs> there won't be a show the first weekend of December. Just going to put it out there. Okay. So I had, I had fun with the Hoover app. It's a little clunky. I had a hard time figuring out when I picked a, a session to go to, I don't know where it went. Now it sends a copy to your calendar, but on my phone, because there's so much on my calendar, cause it's my school, it's my life, mm -hmm. it's everything. And add in Hoover. And it's just not a functional thing to scroll all the way to the bottom and find, let's see. I had three sessions marked for this. Oh, I can't read it. Which one's the one I want to go to? Where's this at? So there is a spot in the app where you, it's a lot easier to find, but you, they don't call it sessions. They call it agenda or they call it something else. And once I figured out they were using that word for this, then it was like, oh, well, this, yeah, okay, this works. And so it became much more functional. But it took me a day to figure out the difference in terms and what they were yeah. doing. And okay. once I did that, then things were great. So now I know what to do better for the NCS conference, NCSS conference. So thank you, MLE. You helped me out with NCSS. Um, and uh, I, I like the app. You know, once you once you figure a couple things out, and take, there's a little bit of learning curve. But I do like the app. It was uh, it was very functional. It's uh, very practical. It's uh, not a lot of bells and whistles. And, but it, I think it provides a lot of benefit, especially for the conference organizer. And uh, and the attendee at the same time. Okay. So the conference app is one thing, and but the real kind of meat and potatoes is, of course, the uh, sessions. Uh, well, actually, it's the networking during and between the sessions, but the sessions are pretty crucial too. So, what kind of sessions were you able to go to and? Um, well, yeah. uh, Jack Berkemeyer is a must, right? If you go, Jack Berkemeyer, that's right, absolutely. You know, um, mm -hmm. so I did that one, did two. I so did, and, actually, and so long, 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 long time yeah. listeners, because yeah. 
We are the world's longest running podcast focused on middle school. Oh. And we had a running joke for quite a while. We did. Early on in the in the, the podcast. Um, it was a joke. Was I don't remember that. I don't even remember the origin of it. But the running joke was that Jack Berkemeyer was going to buy, should buy us a, um, yeah. should, should buy us a Kindle reader. Again, I don't remember why we started uh, that joke and that theme, but we did. Yeah. And I believe at one time somebody kind of <laughs> mentioned it to yeah. Jack Berkemeyer and it may have gotten less than a positive response. <laughs> I believe uh, wrinkled face and uh, shortness of uh, attitude was the uh, the words that the person used. Uh, he didn't seem like he, he didn't find that funny. Yeah, well, we didn't know he knew. We didn't know. Yeah, I know. Yeah. So, <laughs> but it seems as though, speaking, you know, we started with karma. Karma yeah. kind of <laughs> came around. Do you want to tell the story of how... Oh sure. After <laughs> after probably fourteen years, Jack Berkemeyer has. Uh... <laughs> well, so another piece of irony in all of that is that I introduced him at the Michigan Association Middle School Edu Educators Conference, right? So years before we had done this gag, and we didn't even realize people would go and do it, and they went and asked him for you know when you gonna, when those guys going to get their Kindle. Apparently, a lot of people had asked him, <laughs> um, and here I am introducing the guy that I you know anyway. So, um, and he's kudos to Jack. He's a, he's a gracious man. Um, he is. He is. And, yeah. And that's one of the reasons I think that we had, that we had that running joke is yeah. because we knew we, we, he does have a sense of humor. He does. And, and we were, <laughs> we were clearly, I hope clearly, clearly doing this as a sense of humor. Um, you know, it was just kind of a joke and, and that, um, so, but yeah, yeah. but you, and you suddenly you realize people sessions. are listening. Yeah. I went to a session. So the session is going to go to, um, the presenter ghosted us, didn't even show. And so through the Whova app, you can actually contact the presenter. So we did, we sent messages saying, Hey, we're here. Love to hear what you have to say, please come. Mm -hmm. And he didn't. And so somebody else who was interested got up and showed us his stuff. And we're like, oh, that's really cool. And still the guy didn't show. So about halfway through the session, we bailed. And um, I went over to the second half of Jack's. And it was really well done. Uh, things that I'd heard before. But, you know, Jack is, you got to hear Jack more than once because it's always a good shot in the arm. And it's a good reminder of why you became a middle school teacher and 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 the joys and the 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 beauty of being a middle school educator really comes through in his presentation. Mm -hmm. So I, it's, I, technically I went to one and a half of Jack's. So in the second one, second session I went to, uh, Jack said, look, he says, uh, it was on, uh, adolescence and particularly focused on, um, since COVID, you know, what are we seeing the attributes of an adolescent and what are their needs and what are some forward looking things? And so, uh, at the near the end of the thing, Jack said, "Look, he says I'm on Twitter. I love Twitter. He says here's what I'm going to do: you tweet out something profound from this session about adolescence, and I'll give uh, the best one 100 bucks, 100 a uh, uh, hundred dollar Amazon gift card." 
And I was like, I can do that. So uh, and, and Susie Hiley's sitting next to me and she's like, oh, $100, $100, $100. And so she's crafting this, this, this tweet that she's going to put out. And it's, yes. I mean, it's a good, solid, it's a well-written tweet. I mean, she's, she's put some time into this and she's not the only one. There are other people that are like, I'm going to, I'm going to do that. And, oh, you know what? I could say this. And, you know, they're getting, I'm thinking to myself, I know exactly what I'm going to say. And I'm just going to put it out there. I just, I'm just going to have fun with it. So I tweeted. Jack said to put something pro or say something profane. Wait, no, profound in all caps about about middle schoolers. And then I quoted something he said about. Oh, he said uh, school is rehab for a kid. Talking about um, our kids are actually having an addiction to electronics, and the, it, it's it's lighting up the addiction centers of their brain. And when we bring them to school, no wonder they're going through withdrawal because middle school or school is the uh, rehab center for for middle schoolers. And so I put that and I got a message from Jack saying, Oh, well, that was perfect. You know, here's, here's your, here's your Amazon card. And so, uh, so I'll t- here's the second half. Here's the second half of that. Then I didn't talk about this before the show, but I'll, I'll tell you now. So I used that money to buy uh, clay to do a cuneiform uh, activity with my kids, you know, where the kids write in cuneiform on clay. So they get a chance to tact- tactile and feel what it was like to do it so many years ago. Right. And my first and my second hour had done it and, and they talk, right? Middle schoolers, there's three forms of communication, telephone, telegraph, tell middle schooler. So first and second hour had seen, walked around with their clay going, look what we did. You haven't done this. Ha ha. So my fifth hour, they're like, we're going to do clay. We're going to do clay. We're going to do clay. And I walked over to the bucket where the clay is. It's, it's Crayola air dry clay. I walked over to the bucket and I reached around the edge of the lip to, to open the lid and there's a student who's sitting right there, and he stands up and announces to the class, "He's opening the glory box." <laughs> and I was thinking, "Glory box? Well, okay, that's what we'll call it." <laughs> so, thank you, Jack. That would not have been possible without you. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I had to. Yeah, I got our box from Jack. And I and, and thank you, thank you for that. <clears throat> I I was just having fun with the tweet, and uh, I'm really glad that he enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so is there other there's other sessions. It looks like because how many sessions did they have per day? By the way, just out of curiosity, uh, four and a keynote, and on the last day, just four. So. Yeah. Okay, but the first day, uh, see, you know, you have to pick. You have to go to the um, vent, the exhibitor hall, the first or second day because it's not there the third, right? Mm-hmm. And even then, I think they cut out a little early on the second day. So they give you time. They plan in time in the schedule on the first day. I think it's actually three sessions, not four. The first day, keynote, time with vendors, and three sessions. So I didn't. Uh, the first day I skipped a couple sessions and I went and I talked to vendors to get some ideas and uh, get some information to bring it back to my district. I will say this, there's two, two vendors that um, really stuck out for me. One was the national history day people. Uh, They were giving away little thumb drives with all of the documents and things you need to do the national history day uh, activity in your state. And of course, after that national, um, 
and wonderful, wonderful folks who explained the program very well were prepared and were able to hand out and give out documents that had everything you need to get going. My students are already going on it, but I was glad, I'm glad to have had those things because mm-hmm. I can then, it's going to make it easier for me to then plug it into the kids and say, all right, now I want you to fill out a form. I'm going to teach you how to fill out a form. You're going to fill out a form. Let's walk through it. Let's do it. Um, they did a great job. And then I talked to the national, not national, the, uh, the honor of um, the Medal of Honor Society. The guys who win the Medal of Honor, they actually have an organization where they hand out awards to civilians who have done things that are above and beyond remarkable um, things that the Medal of Honor awardees would have done, except it's civilian and not military. And they have a whole program that uh, uh, focuses both on civilian and military and what it means to to have bravery, courage, um, to uh, all those different qualities that make up Medal of Honor awardees character. And they got a character program and they they don't charge money for it. They they will give it to you. It's online it's for free and uh, they do PD. And so I had a wonderful time talking to those guys about what kind of PD they do what a school district has to do to get the PD. And um, I think there's a really good opportunities for advisory things mm-hmm. coming out of that program. Um, mm-hmm. So I talked to them. Who else? Those are the two that really stood out to me, uh, this conference. Cool. Planner guys are there. Um, who else was there? The, uh, there is a group. So I, there was one more group and I can't, I've got their stuff, but I can't remember their name right off the top of my head. And I apologize. Um, but they do whole building surveys and, or, or district surveys and they'll survey your kids and they'll identify the kids who need your attention, particularly in an advisory program. Okay. But then they'll Mm -hmm. take it one step further and through their questioning, they'll be able to identify which of your kids are the ones who are probably going to cause harm in your building, even to the point of identifying possible shooters. Wow. And then you can then intervene way before it gets to the point where these kids are feeling alone, isolated, and want to uh, act out against the world. I got to find these guys' names because it was a really cool tool. They also charge $1,800 per school. <laughs> so <laughs> it's also pricey. Um, but I thought it was a really cool idea. I will mention this one other thing I'm going to try. It's not in their notes, and it wasn't a. It was a session that is, uh, you know, selling a product. There's a, there's a product called the juice and it's, uh, a group of journalists who actively seek to eliminate bias and they work on, they examine each other's articles to eliminate bias. So it's, it's, it's as much as it's as minimal a bias as you can get in their news articles. They'll give you five news articles a day and they're lexiled on five levels. Okay. So it's one article written five different levels, same article, uh, low level, high level, but then you can then shoot it out to the kids and the kids don't know what level they're getting. So in years past, you know, you would get an article that had a star on it and then you'd have one that had a circle and then you'd have one that had a vulture and the kids could figure out, you know, who's the redbirds, who's the bluebirds, who's the buzzards. Right. Yeah. With this one, they don't know. I kind of like that. And so I'm, I'm going to try it. They offer a free uh, trial. I'm going to try that. I've got to find two minutes to set it up this weekend. I have not done that yet. Um, I have liked the articles I've read so far. And so I don't feel uh, 
uh, afraid giving these articles to my kids. And then I'm going to use, they said, use it as a bell ringer. We do five. They're brief. They're short. Use it as a bell ringer. And then we provide one article that's much more in depth that you can use for a different kind of assignment. And so, you know, I mean, a more in depth assignment. So I've not played with that part yet. So I'm going to start playing with that here in the next uh, a few days, uh, get, getting that set up and then starting to use that as a bell ringer in my class. They were interesting. They were good folks to talk to. Um, there, there was no, it, they stood out, but they were not part of the exhibit hall that I know of. At least I didn't catch them there. So I went to their session and that was, uh, it was interesting. Did I answer so the question? They, I don't know if I answered the question or not. So that would be similar to Newsela or News ELA yes. or... Yeah, the difference is that News ELA or Newsela doesn't write their own articles. They pull them from other sources right. and just yeah. reprint them. These guys write their own articles. Okay. Did he answer the question? Huh. Um, advisory, and oh, then I, went looks... to, I went to advisory session. Went to advisory, two advisory sessions. Went to advisory session. One was really, really good. It was a schools of distinction uh, who implemented a daily advisory program. Um, and they, uh, it, it, it was really well done. Uh, a lot of parent contact, a lot of uh, kid support, and then always including uh, some sort of uh, activity, which then got the kids focused off of what was going outside of school and focused on uh, school and academics. Really well done. I'm going to talk about their session in a future show, but I don't want to okay. leave that out because um, they did a it was a central middle school in Florida. Wonderful job. Cool. Um, and then it looks like you also have a keynote from the first day, um, Houston Craft. And it looks like you got some notes here, which is really neat because it, I'm going to guess here. Let me, let me take a okay. guess here and see if I'm I will. Correct. I'll let you guess. Yeah. I'm going to guess that this looks like you took notes in Notability. Hmm. No, no. What kinds of things make you think? What are the indicators that make you think it was notability as opposed to something else? The inclusion of the picture and the wrap and then the background, because I know in notability you can do that. So you could have used something else to, to be completely fair. You could have used something else, but I, I, I would have used notability. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so um, I was going to try um, a couple different pieces of note-taking software, and yes. I never left Notability because uh, I also got Squid, and I was so I tried Squid uh, on a pre or on a, on a session. I forget, oh, I, uh, notes, faculty notes. I was using it with the stuff the principal was doing in a team or in a faculty meeting, and I tried Squid, but it doesn't eliminate. Uh, if you accident, not accident, if you tap the buttons at the bottom of the page mm -hmm. with your wrist or your elbow or your arm or something other than you don't intend to tap them with, you could be writing and then tap it and all of a sudden, you know, the app is gone and you got your menu and you got your what tiles or whatever. It's not where you were. You have to go back into Squid and pick up where you left off. Um, so I don't like that at all. Um, the other thing is that I've not found a good app that also will record like your voice and, and things while you're writing, uh, notability, I think is the cat's meow. It's the, 
It's so cool. I mean, so you play it back, right? Like um, if you record something Mm -hmm. and then your handwriting, I handwrite my notes. Your handwriting is faded. But as the recording goes, all of a sudden your notes start getting bold because it's, and you can see yourself writing them, right? right? As, as the thing goes on and you're like, okay, so, you know, I want to skip to this part of my notes. You can slide the audio over and boom, skip to that part of your notes and the audio and the notes match up. It's so mm-hmm. cool. I mean, it's just like such a handy tool. So, but that's beside the point. Uh, yes, I did use Notability. I can take pictures and then write around the pictures. I can then move and adjust the pictures to where I want them. It's such a cool little tool. Anyway, um, Houston Craft uh, gave a cheesy presentation. No, he did not. That's, that's a mac and cheese joke uh, that for the should have saved that for the beginning of the show. Uh, Houston Craft does things with uh, kindness in schools. Um, and he talked about his experience as a high schooler, as a senior starting a uh, club, as a, as a, um, a kindness club, uh, mm-hmm. doing something nice for other people. And uh, he talked about how they did things. And um, he, he, he boiled, um, boiled down, so he sees a need in school, and he boiled it down to three things. He says, three things that we need for, in schools. First of all, we need clarity. Um, the second thing we need is uh uh, consistency and the last thing is we need is uh, competence and those three things when it comes to kindness and uh, he talked about how uh, we can actually teach that with our kids and in doing so uh, we'll make physiological changes with them uh, for example uh, the average hug is three seconds I'm not saying we should let our kids hug or we should go hug our kids that's not what he's saying at all but he's talking about hugs for example it may cause a physical response and a physical change the average hug is three seconds long but studies show that if you can go for 20 seconds or more you actually cause a physical physiological response uh in a person and he talked about confetti kindness versus deep kindness confetti kindness is that uh that cheesy uh woo yeah okay um oh how you doing but not really meaning it and then there's deep kindness in and that deep kindness is uh uh, doing things that meet the needs of a cherished object or person. And then he talked about the different kinds of ways of doing that. There's some things on his website, which I all of a sudden realized I didn't write that down. But if you uh, search for him, there's some things on his website. He's got some cool tools. He's got some software uh, things you can use online. Um, and uh, wonderful ways of building character and kindness in kids, but also in, in faculties as well. He says, make two lists, make a to-do list, and then uh, make a to-be list. A to-do list are things you have to get done. But a to-be list is what, uh, what, what are the things you want to do to become the person you want to be? Um, 45% of our day is habit because we are creatures of habit. Uh, a 1% shift we make a huge difference in how we do our day and in our lives, make a difference in our lives. And so again, seek that clarity, competence and consistency and, um, and, and become a happy person, but also then make the people around you happier as well. So I, I put my notes in the show notes for you. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean they'll make sense, but uh, maybe it'll give you a taste or a, uh, 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 create a create an interest where you want to go and check him out he was he was a very good speaker i liked him very much now is he pedagogy no but was he good for me as a middle school teacher yeah mm-hmm. so you can go take a look at that i've got that in the show notes for you um oh you know 
I got to fix something. So, uh, what, what about if you were to, to talk about the Fediverse and then I fix the show notes because we forgot something. <laughs> Nobody knows about the show notes, by the way, until we post them. But okay. So one of the things that's really come up over these last couple of weeks is um, Twitter. Um, Twitter has a new owner. You may have heard. Um, and there's been a lot of controversy about Twitter at this point. Um, and so there's there's a lot of people that are very concerned about Twitter. And um, there's this different thing called the Fediverse. Which is really, it's, um, if you want to get really technical, it's based on ActivityPub. The most common expression of that right now is Mastodon. And Mastodon is open source. It is somewhat similar to Twitter, but it is different. And uh, I moved over to the Fediverse, I don't know, four years ago. Um, but stayed on Twitter as well. And um, I tried to get, <laughs> I thought about setting up uh, in a, a Mastodon instance at my old job, but I quite didn't quite do that because you know, there's lots of thoughts there. But the issue for me with the Fediverse is there wasn't as many educators on, on Mastodon as there was on Twitter. So I got more benefit from Twitter because there was more people on Twitter. Then there's more educators on Twitter than there was in on Mastodon in the, the Fediverse. And um, as of the last couple of weeks, there has been a huge wave of educators moving to um, moving to Mastodon. I think it's terrific, um, and I'm following more and more people um, and watching some of the discussions around moving, and it's really around who owns your material, <clears throat> right? So if, if because um, Facebook has apparently lost quite a bit of value lately as well, <laughs> Yes. <clears throat> their financial value, right? Yep. So if Facebook decides tomorrow that, ah, we're shutting this down, what happens to all of your material? Um, all those things that you've written and done are gone because they, they're owned by somebody else. And maybe that's fine with you. Maybe you only write temporal stuff and, you know, you don't really want a history. You just did, you're fine if it goes away. Um, and the same thing with Twitter. Twitter, uh, you know, if, if it gets shut down or moved into something else or moved behind a paywall completely, where if you don't pay, you don't have access to it, <clears throat> then what happens to all of your stuff that happens to any of your posts? It just, it is owned by somebody else. The Fediverse... Um, Mastodon is essentially a microblogging system 
um, which runs based on a community. Now, if it does shut down, your stuff could go away. That, you know, whatever instance that you're on, there's different instances in Mastodon. There's not, like Twitter is Twitter, right? Mastodon is part of the Fediverse, which means that each instance is different. But it's kind of like email in that you don't have to be on the same instance in order to get information from the other ones, right? So like I'm on scholar.social, um, mm -hmm. but you might be on mastodon.social. I can still mm -hmm. follow you. I can see everything. We, we can send messages back and forth um, and all of that. It, that's what ActivityPub does is it allows for the interaction of all these things. So, so there's that part. And then there is the idea of, um, you know, having your own blog and that living there. Now, the nice thing, one of the nice things about Mastodon is you can always download your stuff at any time, or you can move from one instance to another and move all of your stuff. Not only that, but this is really based on RSS. And yes, Sean, I know when RSS came out, I was the cranky guy that was like, what is this? Who needs that? That doesn't make any sense until it did. And now I'm like one of the biggest RSS proponents and have been for a long time. Um, but I'll always question things come out like, what is this? How does it work? Why, why, why? Because um, there's a lot of stuff that comes out and some of it doesn't work. Some of it does. Anyway, with um, with the Fediverse, with Mastodon, you can add .rss at the end of somebody and you can follow them, not in Mastodon, but on an RSS reader. So you really get control over what you see, how you see it. You can block people. You can block whole instances. So you can say, I never want to see anything um, that, you know, deals with... Um, I'll take something that's not controversial. I'll never want to see anything that deals with puppies. I just don't want to see anything about puppies. So, you know, you can block all of that. And you can block an instance on Mastodon that's focused around puppies. You can say, I never want to see anything from that puppies instance. Just don't show it to me. So you get a lot of control over that. Um, and, it, and it's really nice. And... It is interesting. So it's something that I'm following. Um, and there are now, pe now if people, the question in part, I guess, is going to be, are people going to stay in the Fediverse and on Mastodon? Or are they going to return to Twitter? Or, you know, what's going to happen? And I don't know. But right now, I'm really enjoying that, um, that there is a wide variety of people on Mastodon. Um, that I can follow, that um, that are that are posting things, I get to see what I want to see. There's not an algorithm that's feeding me things. There's no ads on um, on the the site. It is it's just people that I'm following. Uh, there's actually three columns. There's the people that you're following. That's called your home feed. Um, and that's um, kind of most like most like Twitter, but without the additional. Um, hey, you might also like this other thing. 
There's the local timeline, which is the instance that you're on. So in my case, scholar.social, um, I get to see everybody who's there, whether I'm following them or not. And then there's the federated timeline, which is kind of like every other instance that is around. So you get a chance to discover people this way. Um, and uh, again, you have nice controls over what you see and don't see. So it's, it's very cool. And I don't feel like I'm supporting, um, I don't feel like I'm supporting a billionaire. And one of the things I saw the other day was uh, somebody had said uh, uh, about Twitter, oh, so your job is to deliver, to deliver people to see ads to for the site. And I thought that was an interesting way of looking at it. Um, you know, there's lots of nuance there. But yeah, if somebody's following me on um, on Scholar Social, or if I'm following somebody, I see their thoughts. I don't see anything. Um, I don't see anything else. I don't see a bunch of ads. Um, I don't see what somebody else wants me to see. Um, I kind of get control over that. So I think that's pretty cool. Uh, so I'm liking it right now. And it's going to be interesting to see where that goes. Because because it is also community monitored in that. There is the potential for you know some some bad things to happen. But almost ironically, it is a much more pleasant place to be. There seems to be a lot fewer um, bad actors because it seems like it's easier to get rid of them. <laughs> you know, you have control over it. You're not waiting for somebody else to have control over that. So, so we'll see. Um, but again, I like it. Um, I liked it a long time ago. There just wasn't uh, enough people there. There wasn't the network. And now it seems like there's the network. So, um, so yeah, so I'm not posting on Twitter these days. I am posting on the Fediverse. And we have a whole section of the show called the Twitterverse. Because we, we were both pretty big on the Twitterverse. It was a neat thing. Um, we both joined. When did you join Twitter? Do you know? Um, no, but I can look and see. I'm going to say, you I can look to... it up. So, yeah. It's a, um, it was a long time ago. Um, I, think, I right? joined in 2008. I was December 2008. So, um, oh, I was before you? Probably. Well, you're, the, you're, you're, in the, you're, you're the tip of the spear. I'm just, you know, I'm in the vanguard. Yeah, so I was in June of 2008. Um, and and there is also, and this is a really, this is a longer conversation, so I won't go into it a lot now. But there was also the move from social networking to social media, where instead of it being, like it started out being connections between people, like I know Sean, so Sean and I can talk back and forth. And then it became social media, 
where people were posting and then we had the whole rise of influencers and people were creating content for distribution, um, which was kind of democratizing, but then also kind of problematic. Um, so that's uh, another piece of the puzzle here. So, so yeah. So I could go on, but uh, looking at the time here, um, I will just say that I think it's something we're going to talk about and Sean and I may have to remotely arm wrestle over in the, in the future as well. So we'll Ooh. see. I know. Now, one of the fun things uh, about going to a conference yeah. is that uh, somebody might actually identify you as being a podcaster to a show that they listen to. Oh. Yes, actually, it was, uh, it was Todd. Uh, Todd uh, grabbed somebody as they're walking into the exhibit hall and says, Amber, Amber, come on over here. This is Sean. <laughs> And she said, uh, oh, yeah, from the podcast. And I, after I picked up my job from the floor, um, I said, <laughs> I said, you listen? She goes, yeah, I'm a listener. I said, well, well we've got to take a picture together because uh, i got to show Troy that we've actually got a listener <laughs> out there. And, uh, <laughs> and so I did. So I got a, a wonderful picture with, maybe I should actually, mm -hmm. I don't know, maybe I'll throw the picture in the, in the show notes as well. But I got a picture with Amber Chandler of Frontier Middle School in Hamburg, New York. And uh, she's a podcaster also, and she writes books for AMLE, and she sits on the board at AMLE, and uh, she listens. And I said, Amber, I said, we take this picture. I said, uh, I'll, I'll make sure you get an Eileen Award. So the Eileen Award this week goes to Amber Chandler of Frontier Middle School in Hamburg, New York. And, and, and in case we haven't said this in a while, Amber, um, you are uh, awarded a hug from Eileen. And you know what? We haven't even talked about it. Maybe it should be, I don't, you have to talk with her and say if it's a three-second hug or a 20-second hug. But whatever you decide mm -hmm. and whatever Eileen agrees to is fine with us. But um, Eileen uh, has a hug for you. The The only problem is that you have to find Eileen and, and get the hug. But uh, you are awarded a hug, the Eileen Award uh, for this week's show. Thank you so much for uh, agreeing to take that picture at AMLE. And uh, thank you for our conversation. I really enjoyed it. And it was very good to meet you. And I would love to meet more of our podcast listeners as we get out and about because COVID is uh, is now on its, uh, I don't know if it's, it's here to stay, but it's no longer going to be the the, the terror of travel. I think that it yeah. has been in the past. It's very interesting. Yeah. I got a message last night from the, the student I tutor overseas and she's on lockdown. Uh, they're doing all of their schooling remotely and she had a test uh, Saturday morning and for her Saturday morning. And so we mm -hmm. couldn't do our, our usual tutoring session. She apologized. She says, I just got the email. I can't do it. I have to go. And then after she was done, she hopped on and she goes, she started asking questions about what's the situation like in the United States? You know, uh, how do you get masks? Um, are you teaching from home? And I said, no, nobody's teaching from home and <laughs> nobody's nobody's wearing masks and she's like they don't tell us that stuff over here and by over here i mean a, a asian country with a, an authoritarian government and i'll leave it at that yeah and but it's interesting because we got she got wanted to know more was asking more questions and mm -hmm. one of the adults that's in the in the the chat room that we use jumped in and she started 
distracting it with, you know, December 22nd, you need to eat dumplings. Okay. Because that has everything to do with the conversation we were having before. I'll ask, why am I eating dumplings on December 22nd, sweet? She changed the conversation tone. And then my uh, ninth grader that I tutor, she stopped, you know, talking. So, um, but they're very, very um, interested in how the rest of the world is dealing with with COVID. I will say this, uh, Florida, no masks, uh, didn't get sick. Uh, everybody was having a blast and it was so good. You could tell there was a total difference in the room with people wanting to connect with others. And, and really another thing about conferences is it meets that social need that we all have to, to meet together. It's just not the same Mm -hmm. doing it through a, a virtual means, but Anyway, Amber, Eileen Ward, nice job. Absolutely. And it's been a while since we have awarded the Eileen Award, but uh, totally, totally deserved this week. All right. Well, let's take a look at the Twitterverse or the Fed of maybe the Fediverse in the future. Well, but right now it's still the Twitterverse. Yeah, that, that you know, that's well. Well, another show we'll have that conversation about uh, conversations, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Twitterverse. So yes, I still glean pull things from the the, the Twitterverse. Uh, and you know, if if there was a Hooververse, I suppose I'd pull things from the Hooververse because <laughs> um, it's easier to pull things on that. You just flip the switch and the you can Hoover it up. You know. <laughs> There you go. Susie Dent. I don't know that Susie Dent is on uh, the Fediverse, but uh, she is on the Twitterverse and at Susie underscore Dent. Uh, she's got several words of the day. Obviously, we this stays between shows. So, we, you know, here's some words for you that I think you might use with your seventh graders. All right. First word of the day is Mary Go Sorry. It comes from the 16th century. It means life's a carousel of joy and sorrow. A Mary Go Sorry. That's, isn't that the that's the life of uh, middle schoolers some days, some weeks? Uh, word of the day is overmused. It's a 17th century word, which means wearied by too much thinking. Again, totally applies to middle school teachers, right? Mm-hmm. We get overmused all the time. Uh, another word of the day is the Italian sprezzatura. It's a studied nonchalance implying that something. Uh, implying or implying that something you've spent ages on is really nothing at all or responding to a compliment on a carefully chosen jumper with, Oh, this old thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's sprezzatura. And, uh, there you go. There's three words of the day for you to use, uh, this coming week. Um, let us know how that goes. <laughs> and there's one of those teacher. that I'm actually familiar with. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's one that I knew. I, heard I don't usually old, know I these. Know you were 16th century. Yeah. She's got a dictionary out. She's got several dictionaries out, but she's got one that's coming out. That's uh, uh words of expression that uh, are supposed to have the, uh, they're all emotional words. And I'm, I'm thinking I'm going to get that maybe for my brother-in-law just as a fun mm-hmm. way to spice up his lexicon. He speaks three languages as it is, right? Like he needs more, but like I said, just for fun. Erica Garcia at Flying Monkey 13. 
Teachers, what is one thing your principal has done you wish they would do to make your life easier? I'm looking to be better. So I posted some responses, right? So Brian Shaw said, seek out, uh, seek out input from staff that don't usually speak out in front of the group. STL Cards, St. Louis Cards fan, uh, at Kurt Bodashi, Bodash, um, or Bodaki. Uh, be visible in the building. Offer to visit a class unexpectedly without the fear of a secret evaluation. Uh, also, um, uh, give a second piece of advice and said, sit down and eat lunch with the students and the teachers. Katie Hoffman, uh, also replying, said, uh, I was out this week sick. She personally reached out to check on me after I submitted my request for two more days. This uh, She has so much on her plate, and yet she took the time to reach out and check on me. Meant the world to me. Uh, Dan Dottle uh, said or posted, we have the option to meet with the principal in view of submitting uh, plan books. Conversations include, how's the class? What's working or not working? What are you noticing or trying? What do you need? How can I help? How are you? The family? Uh, it's refreshing, he said. That'd be a really interesting way to turn in your plan book. Uh, for the week. Uh, John Meehan, we made a thing, a fully editable did, uh, Google Slides template and 100% free. Uh, it's it's a Halloween template you can use. You've seen those memes where it's the Halloween costume front cover and then uh, they put a picture, then they put the what's included in the package and th they've been fun, right? So, But if you want, here's a template and you could save it and use it for next year. All right, Oliver Tack, who is, by the way, leaving Twitter. He's going to go to the Fediverse. Oliver Tack does a lot of work with H5P. And he's got new content type number one, which is transcript. And it'll pull the, the, the transcript out of a YouTube video, for example, and automatically put it down below or help you put it down below. And then as you go through the video, it will highlight the words that are being said in the video, as long as you got the time codes in the right place. Uh, another uh, new H5P content is portfolio. Sounds to me that it is like um, like a regular portfolio. It's built off of something that's already there. Not entirely uh, sure how this is going to work, but it's supposedly a, a place where students then can curate work. Uh, tabs, literally what it says, tabs is number three. And the fourth one is timekeeper. So you can actually put a timekeeper on there and have the kids monitor how much time they're spending on a task around things be interesting to see how that gets incorporated or used for example in interactive books maybe secondary principles at massp new legislative posting requirement as of january 1st 2023 governor whitmer signed hb 5703 requiring schools to post sections of the Michigan Constitution in areas within the district, including the principal's office. We've created printable resources for you. So I posted a link and then I posted an example of one of the resources that they made. And now you can take those and post those all over your room. Or, well, if you're not in Michigan, that doesn't make much point to do that, but folks here in Michigan can do that. I don't see why you couldn't do it for other places. It might spark some conversation. John R. Soash. As you head back uh, to school, don't forget about the new screencast app for Chromebooks. It's a really great 
or it's a, yeah, this is a great tool for creating video lessons and it works great in Google Classroom. We're going to put a link in the show notes to learn more. Typical Edu Celebrity students may not read their email, check their online gradebook, follow the instructions on the worksheet or test, or look at the syllabus or classroom rules. But if you put the expectations on the board, they will certainly pay attention to that. Now, just as a reminder, Typical Edu Celebrity is a satire site or a satire account. So take that with a pound of salt. <laughs> TCEA. Of course, TCEA stands for? Uh, Texas Computers Educators Association. I don't know. Close. Tbilisi. Check out these conversation starters <laughs> that you can help uh, that can help you connect with your teens in the classroom. Yeah, it is Texas, but you know. Um, and there, I put a link to a poster that they put for twenty different conversation starters to help break the ice with teens because relationship building is one of the key things to helping kids learn. Is they need to know up until about the eighth grade, they need to know that you like you. And after eighth grade, they just need to know that you're smart. Uh, Oliver Tack again. Not sure when or what will happen. Uh, what channel will survive or be shut down? But I dipped my toes into the Fediverse and joined a hashtag Mastodon instance. And then he put his uh, Oliver Tech uh, link in there. Um, I don't uh, need to put all this in here, but uh, here's. Um, oh, oh, oh. So uh, Tansu Yengen. That's as good as it's going to get, Tansen. Or Tansu. Uh, thanks to Harvard University, you can now enter the Great Pyramid of Giza in 3D and 360 degrees. I put a link into a sample video, uh, but you can now let your kids actually go into the Great Pyramid and see how it all plays out, works, and is functional, that sort of thing. Um, cool, cool video. I'd love to play with it some more. So what are they using for that? Is that... Do you have to have three D glasses? Do you have to no. have a, a, um, a Meta Quest? Uh, do you have to no. have a headset thing? Or so they've posted the three sixty video. The three D I couldn't get to just yet. It's there. I just haven't had the 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 time to to link into that part yet. It's the three sixty part. I think it's going to be more interesting because um, with the current covid restrictions or whatever i would love to mm -hmm. put a headset on my kids uh but i don't mm -hmm. want to be the spreader of uh disease and pestilence just yes. yet yeah give me another six months <clears throat> see i kept joking i didn't want to be typhoid mary and right not everybody got that joke but yeah you know, uh last thing that. from the Twitterverse. uh <laughs> Last thing from the Twitterverse this week, uh, there was a poem that went around uh, on, the, on the Twitterverse and also on Facebook. Uh, it's an Armistice Day poem. I thought I'd share this with you. It's a, it's a great read. I know Armistice Day or Veterans Day is behind us, uh, but you might save this one for next year. Uh, why, do they, why are they selling? It's called a poem for Remembrance Day. Why are they selling poppies, mummy? Selling poppies in town today. The poppy's child are flowers of love for the men who marched away. But why have they chosen the poppy, mummy? Why not a beautiful rose? Because, my child, men fought and died in the fields where the poppies grow. But why are the poppies so red, mummy? Why are the poppies so red? Red is the color of blood, my child, the blood that our soldiers shed. The heart of the poppy is black, mummy. Why does it have to be black? 
Black my child's the symbol of grief for the men who never came back. But why, mommy, are you crying so? Your tears are giving you pain. My tears are my fears for you, my child, for the world is forgetting again. So a wonderful thing to share with the kids is why we remember and um, who we remember. And the symbols that we use to remember need to be passed from generation to generation. Uh, MS chat, hashtag MS chat is on hiatus. Uh, there have been some posts here recently. Um, Todd Block still uses the hashtag, but uh, it's more of, it's not a regular Thursday thing, but do watch for it. Look for hashtag MS chat and do watch for hashtag MI chat or Miss chat, Miss Ed, sorry, not Miss chat, uh, Miss Ed. Um, and it'll pop up in your in your Twitter feed. And, you know, who knows? As Troy says, the Fediverse uh, never stops. Yeah, that's right. I, uh, thank you for making that adjustment. <clears throat> times have, I have, times I have change. I have a good editor. <laughs> Let's just say somebody <laughs> did something in pre, not post. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> All right. And um, Hazel has shown up to get pets, so... Um, while I am petting her, you can let us know about the culture translator. Oh, Axis. Yeah, Axis, the culture translator, had a, a post a couple weeks ago about good and scared. And what it is, is with Halloween on, uh, well, it was on Monday of this past week, uh, all things jump scare and creepy will be uh, trending in their height this weekend. The Guardian explains the neuroscience of why getting spooked can sometimes feel pretty good. It's, an, it's an important to, or helpful to understand that uh, the tricking of the brains and feeling scared, even when there's no perceivable threat, can uh, be made, uh, can be a more mature version of children making up stories in the playground that can serve a similar uh, purpose to in moments when we uh, marry our imagination with our fight or flight instincts. We play out ways to protect ourselves in worst case scenarios. And it kind of gives us a, a, a thrill. Um, so it can be a lot of fun just to mm -hmm. have a spooky day. It's a short, short uh, culture translator this week. Yeah. And um, you also have um, a Moodle.net experience that you're sharing this week on yeah, language I... arts listening comprehension yeah there's a bank there's a whole bank of listening uh comprehension questions so there's a number of folks out there that have ell students right and mm -hmm. they're looking for listening comprehension uh questions with uh text audio and uh, multiple responses and this is it uh moodle.net has one i posted a link and you're welcome to go get those moodle.net doesn't cost anything download that throw that into your middle uh, your middle, huh? Your middle Moodle instance. That maybe that's what we should call <laughs> our own personal Moodle net. Is the middle Moodle instance or middle Moodle net? Um, but I thought it was a really cool resource. It's out there for free. Go grab yep. it and use it. Yeah. And that's with Moodle net. That's one of the things, right? Is that it's copyright free. It yep. is designed to be shared um, amongst all of the people using Moodle, um, and that's. Part of the licensing is that it is um, it's free to use and free to share. So um, got a couple of of uh, links for you this week as well. One is um, from today.com and this was a Buffalo teenager um, who saw a classmate get bullying for bullied for his shoes. 
So he stepped up, and I thought this would be a neat to share with the kids um, in terms of, you know, what does it, what does it mean to, um, to, to help somebody out? What does it mean? What does bullying mean? Um, how can you respond? What can you do? Um, and I just thought this was interesting. It's an interesting story. And and how the how both of the kids acted and reacted and what they told their parents and didn't tell their parents, I think, is very telling as well. Hmm. So it talks about, you know, it really leads into the idea of, is it okay to do something nice? Um, and what does that mean? So um, I thought that that was a neat article as well. Then... Um, do you know any middle schoolers who are kind of into gore? <laughs> who um, might like zombies? That's most, most, most of them actually. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's kind yeah. of what I thought. This is, uh, it's an eight minute YouTube video on how a Hollywood makeup artist turns actors into zombies. Um, and I just thought that the kids might enjoy the visuals and um, it is, uh, you know, it's uh, ends up as zombies. And there's a little bit of the makeup being pulled off and on um, and, and all of that. So I thought that was neat and something you could share with uh, with the kids as well. Um, also this week, just a, a reminder uh, about the Openverse, which is an extensive library of free stock photos, images, and audio available for free use. Um, it is done through WordPress. It's a great resource. Um, you can search for things. Everything is licensed under Creative Commons or is in the public domain. But if you're looking for, um, if you're looking for some images, there's over 600 million images here, and that you can use. Um, there's 600 million resources, uh, I should say, because some of it's audio, but it's stuff that you can use. More importantly, it's stuff your kids can use as well as they're doing presentations or they're making material, they're making questions for your Moodle instance, or they're doing studying um, or projects, they can use it as well. So, um, so with advisory sometimes, um, it's neat to talk about things that have happened and things that have an impact, right? Mm -hmm. um, in 1974, American scientists set out to cure hepatitis B. Okay. 1974. And um, a couple of other um, related diseases. And they used monkeys to help figure out whether some of the vaccines and things would work or not work. And 
the problem becomes what do you do with monkeys who have been infected with these diseases and that they ended up moving them to an island um 1974. <laughs> so they um they were put on this island and then um, this is in Liberia and mm -hmm. then they there was wars in Liberia and the American scientists stopped supporting the monkeys because they were put on an island that doesn't really have food and these are monkeys that weren't taught to find food on their own they were always fed by humans oh so you know, it becomes a question of what happened. And this is a neat story of uh, a gentleman who has continued to feed the monkeys and um, kind of what he goes through and some of the other people that have helped, had um, kind of helped out some of the, the, some of the daunting tasks that kind of came up. Um, you may remember a few years ago, Ebola kind of ravaged mm -hmm. Liberia as yeah. well. And, um, you know, how do you continue supporting monkeys and that? Um, so there's a, but there's a neat story here about continuing to support the monkeys, his relationship with them. And, and that, and I think it's a chance to talk with kids about, well, how do we plan not just for today um, and what is the right thing to do in a variety of situations? So I thought that was kind of fun to, uh, to, um, to share. And it's kind of a neat story as well. So, so did, did he, has, he has an identification with them, does he? He does. Um, you know, monkeys frequently, you want to be very cautious about monkeys because, um, you know, they're wild animals. And yeah, um, yeah. But but he he has since he's been feeding them for like 40 years, um, he he's named all of them and knows their um knows their kind of personalities and that and they take the food directly from from him as well yeah, yeah. so i was thinking you know his theme song it's just, since he has this identification with them is you know hey hey we're the monkeys yep you know he's not monkeying around nope he is not no nope. well, he is actually monkeying around oh i guess that's true he is well, um, oh yeah um, and then I've already kind of shared my, I, some of my thoughts about the Fediverse versus Twitter, but, um, do really, um, think it's really important as to knowing who it is that owns the material and, um, and your material and, um, you should be cognizant of that. The other thing that you should be cognizant of is that you can head over to the podcast catcher of your choice and give us a five-star rating. Tell us why Sean is the world's greatest co-show host. Ooh, I got a badge for that. And if you see us at a conference, please let us know. Um, yes. We will share. We, we, we love to share 
Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Um, and if you head over to middleschoolmatters.com, there's ways you can reach out to us as well. We would love to hear from you, even uh, remotely, uh, if you can't in person. Um, really, It really, really does help. We appreciate that. And um, so, yeah. So this has been a... This may have been our longest show. Not sure. Have to check the logs. Yeah. But uh, lots of good stuff. Lots of good conversations. And and we'd love to hear from the listeners as to what they'd like to hear as well. Include that on new shows. But uh, I think it's time to, to bring this to a close. So with that, this has been Middle School Matters for middle school educators who care. All opinions expressed on this podcast are exclusively the opinions of the host and guest and not indicative of any employer.